Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. And I'm Brandon Kylie. A cool scene last night as the Blues took on the Anaheim Ducks, and it was what appears to be the final game of David Backus's career. And Joey Vitale was on hand, our Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. He's able to see the scene out there at Enterprise Center. He joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joey, we appreciate the time last night, man. Let's start there. What was that like for you to be able to witness what was potentially David Backus's final game of his career? Well, BK, what's going on? Listen, after everything I saw last night, I hope I hope it's his last game. <laughs> Jeez, crying out there, having mom and dad on the. Imagine every game ended that way. That'd be funny. No, I'm only kidding, obviously. But uh, for how emotional he was, I think I think we could easily say that was probably his final game um, at the Blues versus the Blues at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis, probably with the Ducks, and probably across uh, his NHL career, which is. An incredible career, to say the very least. He spent a decade here with the St. Louis Blues. You know, to me, he never really won a cup, but he really embodied and really brought together that kind of Bobby Plager style of hockey from the 60s where it kind of had gone away in the 80s at times. But to me, David Backers is one of those kind of core guys that really brought that, that identity back to this city as far as being a tough team to play against just that gruesome leader that you you go to bat for. And he's just got this amazing balance of being close to the players, but also got the the closest to the coach. And he bridged that gap so incredibly well. Uh, Terrific human being. He always treated me so, so kindly when I would come back to town to skate in the summers and I was with the Penguins and the Coyotes, always opening up the ring to me and letting me dress in the locker room with the Blues and just, just a kind soul. I mean, really, there's nothing much more you can say about it. He's a true captain on and off the ice. What a tribute it was last night, and, and even better, the, the Blues did him right by getting his family on the Jumbotron, highlighting him in there in the first period, and then, of course, that, that handshake at the end where the veterans on this Blues team led the way, led the charge, shaking his hand, and then, of course, seeing the tears and emotions from his parents and him as well. Just an all-around, all-around wonderful night, guys. One, uh, one we'll never forget. In fact, I remember he had a great chance in that second period. Yeah. Backdoor, empty net. And I remember thinking, like, if this guy scores, this may be, like, the loudest ovation you will hear from an opponent coming to the Enterprise Center and scoring, but he just missed over the net. That would be cool, but at the same time, it was a wonderful night. Joe, I was thinking about this, though, with David Backus, and maybe it's an outlandish thought, but, I mean, you we've heard so much about how good of a leader he was and how much he was able to lead a, a young group of players with the Anaheim Ducks and what he did in St. Louis with guys like Perron and Schwartz and Oshie and Berglund. 
would it be crazy to think that a team like the Seattle Kraken would take a chance on a guy like this who maybe he's not an everyday player, but he's a guy to have in the locker room? And if you're Bacchus, do you even consider that? No, I, I think I think no to both. I think no that, you know, David would, would want to consider and come back in the league again, you know, because look at look at how his last couple of years have gone. I mean, we can go back to 19 when he lost with the Bruins. He got in there a little bit, but he just, he just doesn't have the horse anymore, right? He doesn't have the ability to make a dent in the game. And he knows that, and he's got too much pride for himself. He's got too much care and love for the team that would that would carry him along to go out there and play the way he did. I, I think his time is up. I think he knows that, and I think for any Seattle team uh, or any expansion team, or or for better or worse, any team that would want to trade him, they understand it's just it's just not there anymore. So I think I think for both parties, I think this really does feel like the time to step away, and and, and it's and it's sad too because. You, you see the wonderful person that he is, the wonderful leader he was, and everything he did for this community in St. Louis. He's one of those guys you just you wanted him to win the Cup. And, of course, you didn't want him to do it with the Bruins because the Blues were facing the Bruins in 2019. But you, you prayed and you hoped that a player like him with the integrity and the leadership qualities he has, at one point he would get that championship. And he, he's gone through a lot. I mean, he, he had a lot of ups and downs, but he had a lot of hurdles. He had to kind of fight through, which even makes his story even cooler. I mean, you go from leaving a team if you were with them for a decade to a couple years later, then you finding yourself playing against them in the Stanley Cup final, only to see your best friend, Alex Petrangelo, raise the cup. I mean, that in itself had to have been extremely hard. Um, he went through the ringer. He went through the car wash the last couple of years, being in the lineup, out of the lineup. I think he only played all but 14 or 15 games this season with the Anaheim Ducks, one of the worst teams in the league. So it just, it, it was his time. Time was up, but I promise you one thing. Moving on for him, it, it won't be playing anymore, but there is some major, major general managers out there, a long list of general managers that will be calling him either for coaching roles, management roles, because he has so much uh, that he took from this game, and there's so much more I know he wants to give back to this game in, in some sort of role one way or another. We're talking to Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. He's joining us here on BK and Ferrario. Uh, Joey, I mentioned earlier that I I think there's a little bit of a silver lining to the Blues losing last night. Now, now obviously, you'd like to win that game, but now they've got a meaningful game on Friday that really does matter for them in the standings to be able to potentially clinch a playoff spot against Vegas. I really want to see how this team right now stacks up against the Vegas Golden Knights because it's totally in play that that could be the team that they see in the first round of the postseason. Do do you think that's fair that if there is a silver lining to losing last night, it's that you get to see a meaningful game on Friday? Yeah, I I think without question. I mean, to me, that's, that's definitely the positive where, you know, you don't want to take your foot off the pedal too far away from the first day of playoffs. I will say that, you know, I think there were some massive advantages in 2019 when the Blues had a scratch and claw for the last two and a half months to find themselves in a position to make the playoffs. I think that really set them up to play playoff hockey because they were playing playoff hockey for three straight months. You know, and I think for the St. Louis Blues team, you go back to about a month ago when, you know, they were about I think, three points out of the playoff spot with the Arizona Coyotes and they had one of the toughest schedules. I think that's when they really kicked it in the gear. And I think that they knew they had to, like, really check our egos at the door and start playing for the guy next to you instead of for yourself. And they started doing that, and they started winning. And I think you have to continue that as you approach game one of that first round. And in order to do that, to find yourselves still kind of scratching for points and trying to, you know, officially make it into the playoffs, I think, yeah, absolutely. That, that should be motivation enough. Um, you know, Alex and I were talking about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, the catch-22 of it is, yes, you're still playing meaningful hockey, but guess what? The opponents you're going to be facing in the next week and a half, 
they're, they're, they're playing meaningful hockey too. And it sounds crazy, but why, why would the Vegas Golden Knights be playing meaningful hockey? Well, they're only four points ahead of the Colorado Avalanche. And the Colorado Avalanche have one game in hand on them. And they're going to want that division. So I'm telling you right now, if you're, if you're Vegas, you want that one seed and you want to probably be, be facing that four seed in the St. Louis Blues because I think if you look at the top three teams, Minnesota, Colorado, and Vegas, they're playing very strong hockey right now. So I think Vegas has a lot to play for. Colorado's going to be pushing the pace because they want that number one seed. And then Minnesota is not going to want to go to Colorado for game one and two if that's how the things kind of sort themselves out. So between the two of Colorado, you got two of them against Minnesota. The L.A. one's going to be kind of a wash. I think things will be kind of cleaned up as far as the, the top four teams by then. But I, I do believe that the, the last uh, four, four games against the Minnesotas and, and the Vegas Golden Knights, those are going to be meaningful playoff-style hockey where I don't know if we're going to be seeing a lot of rest out of these Blues top players because Craig Berube is still fishing and trying to look for chemistry with some of these lines. I mean, the only line right now to me that's untouchable is this third line with Robert Thomas, Jordan Kyra, and Mike Hoffman. I mean, all the other lines, I think he's still trying to find chemistry. So if you're still looking for chemistry entering the playoffs, you know that you're going to be having all your horses in the lineup Trying, trying to establish that because when, when puck drops on game one, that's when you want to be hitting on all cylinders. You know, Joe, I look at the, the team win healthy, and it looks like Craig Brewery's going to have some really tough decisions to make. You know, you look at the defensive side with Krug and Dunn out. I mean, who do you take out of the lineup when they're back with Wallman playing as well as he has, along with Nico Mikola and Robert Bortuzzo? And then you look at the forward position. I mean, Clifford looked great last night. Um, you got Mackenzie McEachern who's back in, but then you got Zach Sanford. Where do you think Craig Brewery's going to lean when these decisions come up when health is there? Well, I think a lot of it's going to come down to matchups. You know, let's just say that we draw in the Vegas, the Vegas um, series. I think that's a heavy team. To me, to me, the, the two defensemen, for example, that would come out would be Wallman and Mikula, obviously. Uh, with Bortuzzo kind of begin to, to kind of flirt around there as well, if there should be another injury. But let's just say that uh, Wallman and Mikula are out for Krug and Dunn. That, that, that's fair to say. But now, if one player were to have to draw in if someone's not healthy, to me, it's all about the matchup. Vegas is a heavy team. They play physical. To me, it would be Mikula. If it's a Colorado Avalanche, a fast team that doesn't play as physical, but you got to get up in a hurry and got to defend well, to me, then it's Jake Wallman. So a lot of it comes down to matchups. From the top end, you look at Sammy Blay. When, to me, when Sammy Blay is healthy, he's the top six forward on this team because mm-hmm. what he has done before he got dinged up just this past game. You know, so he missed the one game uh, that we saw there a couple nights, excuse me, last night. But before that, he's been playing really good top six minutes, especially with Ryan O'Reilly. And even on that Bozak line, he's come in, subbed in very well. He's been productive. He's getting some goals. So I think Zach Stanford would draw out from that point on. Uh, listen, I like Kyle Clifford's game last night. I know this is a player that he understands the situation. He's won two Stanley Cups. He understands this ride and how it rolls. So for him, he's understanding that he needs to go out there and kind of make a tent and play some good hockey too because Craig Brew is looking for a solidified fourth line that can go out there and shut teams down and play that grinding style hockey that can get your team momentum in the game. So I really like Kyle Clifford on that fourth line. You know, So to me, I think Mackenzie McEachern would draw out. And then I think I really like Sammy Blake in a top six role as well. Now, the big wild card is going to be Vladimir Tarasenko. This, to me, is the biggest decision that I think Craig Berube and staff have to make. Where do you put Vladimir Tarasenko? What kind of chemistry are we looking for with Vladdy? Does he end up going back with that Bozak and Schwartz line? They had some good success. Do they continue with that? Braden Shen got moved off the Ryan O'Reilly line last night because it was getting a little bit stale. Do they go back to Shen to the middle? Does Bozak drop back down to a line? Maybe even that fourth line. You know, so... Uh, Vladdy coming in is going to certainly mix things up in a good way because you want him in that lineup because he can score some goals. And if you go back to 2019, without him, that San Jose series and that Boston series, I don't know if the Blues win the Cup. So he can make a major impact in the game if you find him on the right line with the right personnel 
where they have really good chemistry. So to me, that is the wild card. What is 91 going to do, where he's going to end up, assuming, assuming guys, he's going to be healthy. Joey, final question that I've got for you. The other thing that maybe could throw a wrench into things, what's the latest that you've heard on Clem Costin? Do we know kind of what the situation is going to be with how long his quarantine's going to need to be? Where, where are we at with Clem Costin right now? You know, honestly, that's a great question, and I just do not have the answer sure. to that. Uh, the latest I had was he was on in the works of coming over here, but um, that that's all I have to say about that. And, and you really hope that he can be available at some time through the playoffs because, you know, you bring up a good point, BK. That That is another really cool wild card because here's Clem Costin who spent uh, the whole year in the, in the KHL, you know, because of quarantine reasons and, and travel visas. He couldn't get here during the pandemic. So they said just stay over there, uh, play some big boy hockey, get confident, get out there, po- play some good big-time minutes on the po- first power play. And he did all that, and he won a championship. I can't think of a player that's probably more confident with his skill set right now than Clem Costin. You know, Chris Weidman, uh, the former Ottawa center, he grew up in St. Louis, obviously great defensive, played in the league a long time. I ran into him at Obi Clark's about two and a half months ago, and he was talking about Clem Costin because Chris Weidman was over in the KHL playing as well. His team just lost, so he returned home. Here we were at Obi Clark's having a couple beers watching a blues game. And he was talking about Clem. He goes, oh, my gosh, this guy is unbelievable. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, absolutely, Joe. He's physical. He can get to the net. He can score goals. The, the fans over there absolutely love him. And, and you look at the championship run he had, some of the highlight reel goals he had. This is a completely different person. He looks so confident. So I think you get him into a lineup when you can. And absolutely, this is a young guy that could make a major impact on the team as well. So a couple wild cards uh, that, you know, Craig Berube and staff and Doug Armstrong certainly have. And uh, tough decisions probably, but – but good decisions nonetheless, because when you make the playoffs, it just you just never know and have different pieces that can kind of play different roles in it. It's a, it's a fun game to play. And the nice thing is they've still got one more week to be able to finagle with all of them. He's Joey Vitale. He'll be on the call for Blues versus the Vegas Golden Knights on Friday night right here on your home for the Blues 101 ESPN. He will also be on This Week in Hockey with Alex Ferrario coming up tonight out. at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Joey, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Thanks, boys. Have a good one.